Hello and welcome back to the Counterpints Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and once again, I'm joined by my hosts, Kevin, Casey, and Jack. Today is September 10th, 2020. This is episode 18. Um, We're really cranking these bad boys out. Once again, Counterpints is a podcast where we argue about the same stupid shit that we argue about in breweries and bars. Um, We want to thank our returning listeners and to anybody new. Hey, buckle up. So we don't have any retractions this week, so we're going to actually blow by that section and move right into the beer check-ins. What are you drinking now? And what have you been drinking over the last week? Let's start with Kevin. All right, boys. Today, I am drinking a beer called Pescadito from <laughs> Helia Brewing Co. It's a Mexican lager. So my my roommate, Riggs, works for Helia as a salesman, and he gave me this to try. It's pretty good for a Mexican lager there. Uh, real smooth. Got a bit of lime flavor to it and uh, easily crushable. That's a good name. I wish my nickname was Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> and you see the can's got a bunch of little fish on it. Nice little art. Oh, like uh, pes, pesca, pesca. I don't pescador, know. pescado, fish. Pescado, there it is. Pescado's was, fish, pescador's fisherman, pescadito, right. little fish. All right, I was, I was, I was kind of working my way around there. And as far as beer I've had this week, uh, frankly, I had a five day weekend, listeners, uh, between furlough <laughs> days and the holidays. So I drank a lot and I was eager to get back to work. But <laughs> while I was drinking, there were some beers that stood out. I went to a Hangar 24 craft brewery out in Redlands, California, near where my parents live. And uh, I had a sour called Amarel, which was really good. Uh, the whole experience was kind of surreal because behind the the brewery is an area called Ukaipa. And that's one of the areas that's currently on fire right now in California. So we were sitting there, ashes raining down on the brewery, getting in the beer. And there were airplanes flying over, dropping fire retardant like a mile away on the hillside. So it was a pretty gnarly scene. I didn't say for much more than like a taste or two then got the hell out of there just because it kind of felt like an end of days thing. I mean, here's the question in everybody's mind. Ash improves or decreases quality of the beer? It depends on the beer. I think it'd make, <laughs> it would make Rolling Rock better. It would make this, uh, <laughs> this one worse. I also had a strawberry coconut milkshake IPA from Crooked Stave. I was able Ooh. to get a can of their IPA out in uh, California, and it was really good. I got to say, guys, I'm really starting to get into milkshake IPAs. Yeah. Nice. Friend of the pod, Rich, has had the same epiphany very recently. Shout out to Rich. All right, Casey, you're up next. What are you drinking and what have you been drinking? Yeah, so I'm uh, starting the podcast off with a Bend Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon, sour. It's a fruit cup sour ale. Uh, It's part of their backyard beer series. Pretty light, 4.6 per cycle by volume. Uh, But kind of a cool, I'm trying to read a little bit about this series. I'd I'd never heard of it, just saw it, was like, yeah, I like that. Ben's pretty well known for their beer. It is an independent craft brewery associated beer. So thank God I'm back on the train. Uh, (laughs) I was not able to certify beer, a a couple podcasts, maybe Mm -hmm. in the future coming your way. So, but I'm back on the train uh, with that. I'm going to pop that real quick so we can get a. Ooh, so satisfying. That's pretty good. Nice and easy. (laughs) But um, like Kevin, I too had a five day weekend. Uh, Labor Day, some other uh, PTO and furlough day. So uh, I took full advantage, went to a couple breweries here in Boulder. The first one being Gun Barrel, which I don't think we went to. Some of these ones you will have heard on this uh, podcast prior, but Gun Barrel Brewery uh, had a couple of really good beers there. Uh, Drinking Games gave that a 375, really good New England IPA. I think where they really win the game is their names. Uh, okay. So they had drinking games. They had fluffy wolves. It was a pretty good New England IPA as well, three five. But my favorite one there was another one, and it's probably because you just keep saying another one, another one, another one. Because let me tell you, boys, at four two five, this thing is fantastic. That's the rating I gave on Untapped. Uh, and then after that, we went to I think podcast favorite. Well, when when the boys came to Boulder, we went to Avery. Yep. Uh, and I'll be honest, had some more stellar beers there. I had uh, a Hagius IPA, so I started off with. So I was really just kind of staying on that IPA train, and that was fantastic. The Maharaja, that was a good one. I gave that a four. Uh, but the couple of the really good ones I had, Rocky Mountain Olsen's, nice dark beer, yeah. really, really tasty. But the winner of the trip, uh, or the excursion, I guess I should say, Old Grumbler. I don't know if anybody had that when you boys were here. Old Grumbler. 17.2% alcohol by volume. Oh. 425. That was fantastic. I had the vanilla bean stout. Hadn't, didn't have that. And then I went to the 
Wild Provisions Beer Project, which I believe, Matt, you and Kevin went to while you were mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, so I think there was a question about it. The owner of Four Noses Brewing owns that. They just opened it up in July. So that right. kind of, I don't know if that answers some of that question, but mm-hmm. had some pretty good ones. Favorite one on there was uh, Pineapple Velvet at uh, a four. So that was delicious. But yeah, that was, uh, that was the trip. And then today I was in the Hazels. And I saw that they had down east cider from Boston, Massachusetts. There you go. Hadn't had a cider in a while. Hadn't had down east in forever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. I got the just original. And fun fact here on the podcast, it's an independent craft brewery sanctioned <laughs> uh, brewery. So, Ooh, well, thank God. I don't know if that. I, don't know <laughs> I won't drink that, it. Like, well, I'm just saying, like, I know that we kind of <laughs> had that kind of conversation of our ciders and seltzers. Should they be lumped in? Well. I don't know if this changes that argument at all, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Back. I thought Down East was really a huge company. I think they've blown up, but yeah, yeah I, I got the uh, like level 75 or something like that on my independent craft brewery. Uh, okay. Yeah. Tap, so bangos. I do like that. Another one. DJ Khaled needs more mentions in the beer community. I've been saying it for years. Any other ideas for how we're going to name a beer after DJ Khaled? Let me buy you a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a beer called <laughs> You're Loyal. I respect that. Have $10,000. All right. Speaking of $10,000, Jack, go ahead. Uh, so tonight I am drinking a beer from one of uh, this group's favorite breweries in North Carolina, <gasps> a little place called Primal Brewing. Ooh. <laughs> I like it for one reason. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that technically, it would have been a pair of reasons. <laughs> Yeah. Careful, Kevin. Yes. Careful. Yeah, it is a family podcast. <laughs> I am drinking the uh the house that beer built pale ale. You know, it's it's fine. It's yeah, probably they three. had that there when we were there. I remember that name. Yeah, you, you had it. Yeah. We we actually rated it the same on tap, believe it oh. or not. Uh, <laughs> um I had never had it there though, so I just found it at uh Total Wine and there you go. And now it's in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, beers from the past week. I didn't go to any breweries like Casey and Kevin. I had I had some beers at home. I had a, a really, really good IPA from uh, Fiddle and Fish, surprisingly enough. Right. They, once in a while, they just surprised me. And this was real good. This is one of the best I've had from them. And then Incendiary, just another just superstar. A blueberry banana pancake stout. Oh, man. It was Awesome. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're just cranking them out. They're just cranking out four after four right now. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my week in beer. Um, look forward to maybe having some more this weekend. With football, college football starting, the NFL starting too. NFL starts too. Looking forward to Sunday. And I bet there will be some beers coming soon. <laughs> Shoot, it's already started. It's on right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sponsored by the NFL. Um, and I'll go last for the beer I'm having right now. A This is another one that I, ch- I check in quite a bit in terms of a brewery. It is Fat Orange Cat out of East Hampton, Connecticut. I have got there. This is not my beautiful beer, which is, I'm going to almost guarantee you, some kind of IPA because that's pretty much all they make, and they're all great. It doesn't say it on the can. I would bet money it's an IPA. And, of course, Let's get a can crack. Oh, and a quick swig because I got to admit my throat is very dry. Ooh, that's pretty good. So in terms of uh, my last week in beer, I actually had a pretty active one. I did not get to have a five-day weekend like fellow um, lazy boys on the podcast. But I went up to Portland, Maine with international friend of the podcast, uh, John from Canada. Um, and I went with another friend of the pod, Brayton. Um, And we kind of did an all day, you know, brewery extravaganza, one of those classic, like how many breweries can I get to in a day? Portland's a very good city for that. They've got a good, like 20 plus breweries that are all within a few miles of each other. So you could really go ham if that's your goal and go ham. I did. We started at one of my favorites up in that area, which is definitive brewing company, um, which is right across the road from Allagash, which I'm sure a lot of viewers have heard about uh, very big brewery. But Definitive is awesome. They were doing their two-year anniversary party, and they put out some kind of like new, I'm going to put in air quotes, exclusive beers they put out just for that occasion. The two that really stood out to me, we were just talking about milkshake IPAs, but Vanilla Superdome was an excellent milkshake IPA. Kevin, you will have one of those coming your way. I I, I bought a four-pack. The the Zoom 
was a sour ale that was tight. Had It was a raspberry, tangerine, lemon, and vanilla. They do a lot of vanilla stuff in their beers. And that gave a four and a half. That was awesome. And they also had a mango vanilla uh, sour that was interesting. It was actually a mango marshmallow. That's right. Kind of interesting. I'm not sure I liked it, but it was an interesting beer. But that's a great brewery. We went on to uh, Foundation, which had a couple solid ones like a Tropical Jam Sour. We went down to Bissell Brothers, which is probably one of the more well-known craft places up there. Unfortunately, Bissell Brothers was closed. They they were only doing to-go sales. They did not have the patio open. But on the upside, they were doing $10 packs of mystery t-shirts bonus. So uh, we went from there over to Urban Farm Fermentary. Uh, it's an interesting brewery. A lot of stable. They do a lot of kombucha and basically fermented ales. It's a very specific kind of beer. I had a pumpernickel rye beer that was actually pretty good. <laughs> kind of t- it just really tasted like bread. It went to another favorite of mine up in the area, Lone Pine, where I had a like a Choco Taco, what they call a Choco Tuesday pastry stout. Fantastic. Really excellent. Uh, we went over to Mass Landing, which I had not been to before. A lot of these I've been to before, but Mass Landing was um, a big surprise in that it had, that's where Nitro, uh, what is it? Gunner's Daughter is a really good milk stout that they make, as well as Windbreaker being an IPA. We also went to a very interesting brewery, um, Blaze Brewing. It was not in Portland. It was actually a little bit south on our way back, but it was a combination smokehouse and brewery. So they did all, they made their own barbecue and they had a bunch of big smokers out front and they had some of the best goddamn chicken wings I've had in my life. They were awesome. I would go back to that place a second because A, their beer was good and it's hard to find good barbecue in New England. So very impressive. And also I'm realizing, I don't think I checked in some of my beers looking through my untapped list because I know for a fact we went to Shipyard and had some of those good pumpkin beers. And I didn't check a single one of them in. So I might have some, uh, might have some additions I need to make after this pod. But hey, go to Portland, Maine if you get a chance. If you're a beer guy, it's, I think it's a, an underrated beer spot. Very, it's a fun place. Lobster rolls are good. Beers. I agree. Portland's so, a great spot. I lost track. How many breweries did you get to, and how many beers do you think you tried over that weekend? Uh, you know, I admitted quite a few, but my guess is over the course of a day, we, I think we probably went to like 10-ish breweries, and I probably put down like, I think some of these are tasters, but Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. But like I, I tried a good 50 or 50 to 60 beers. It was quite a few. Again, when I said I went ham, I went real ham. <laughs> you didn't you didn't go to a dark place. They just start ripping out street signs. Oh, we're, we weren't far, my friend. Uh, Maine was Maine was a little bit annoying in the fact. I mean, I say annoying, but they're being safe, but they're a little more strict about their quarantine requirements than Connecticut is. So they only had outdoor seating open. And it was a little harder to get into places and Connecticut's a little more, I'm going to say loosey goosey right now, comparatively to New England. It was more locked down like Massachusetts. Although funny enough, Massachusetts residents not exempt from Maine requirements while Connecticut people are suck at Massachusetts. We're the better state. Sorry. Matt, you do know Connecticut is part of New England, right? Yeah. But we're the cleanest part of it, apparently. Rhode okay. Island I'm and Massachusetts. Just, I'm just making sure because you, you said Connecticut, unlike New England, but I just wanted to... <laughs> We're the top because we're the kings, baby. We're kings. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. We got the best of everything. All right. So from there, from the beer check-ins, we will move past the beer news because we've got a pretty long podcast today, um, listeners. So get ready. So we're actually going to blow by beer news and blow by voicemail, same for another week. And we're going to get straight into the bracket topic for today. So a little bit of a preface just to explain why we're doing this. I, for some reason, you know, this is again, your host, Matt, had a, a reason or the idea that I would just start watching every single animated Disney movie in a row because I hadn't seen a bunch of them. So I thought, well, what, what's a better way to kill time and burn the remaining three months of my free Disney Plus account and see how many Disney animated movies I can get down? So the idea that came from that is, why don't we have a 16-man Disney villain brawl to see who is the best Disney villain out there? So we're going to be doing a 16-man bracket this week. We're going to be looking at animated Disney villains. We're sticking to the 2D kind of classic movies only. There will not be any of the 3D movies like the Toy Stories of the World. And we came up with a list of 16. Actually, we did not have to cut many, so it's a pretty good list of villains in my mind. So we're going to read them off, and we're going to get right into it. So we're going to launch right into the bracket, starting with our first matchup between Scar of the 1994 classic The Lion King against the Queen of Hearts from 1951's Alice in Wonderland. Next, we have Captain Hook from 1953's Peter Pan 
against the stepmother, who I believe has an official title or name, but we said we're doing stepmother, um, which is from 1950s Cinderella. Next, we have Ursula from 1989's Little Mermaid against Sean Yu, who's the Mongol leader from Mulan from the year 1998. You're going to notice pretty much all these are before 2000. We go on to Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians, which premiered in 1961 against Hades from the movie Hercules, which premiered in 1997. We have Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, which premiered in 1959 against Prince John from Robin Hood, which was 1973. Then Shere Khan from The Jungle Book, which I believe was nearby in 1967. Then General Ratcliffe, for some reason I thought it was Radcliffe, from Pocahontas from 1995. Then Jafar from the quintessential Aladdin in 1992. Then Monstro, the whale from Pinocchio in probably our earliest contestant, 1940. Oh, wait, I think actually we have one that beats 1940. Take it back. Then we go on to, here we go, the evil queen or the hag from 1937's Snow White against our last contestant, Gaston of Beauty and the Beast fame, which of course premiered in 1991. So those are our 16 contestants. We're going to get right into it with Scar against the Queen of Hearts. Let's start with Casey. Yeah, so I think this is uh, your typical one versus 16. I think this is a pretty, pretty easy one. You know, I know Alice in Wonderland has been around for a while. Lion King, though, absolute classic. Scar, scary, uh, has it all, you know, leads to the death of Mufasa. Really, though, the Queen of Hearts, she doesn't really do a lot. Like, I know she's bad and everybody's afraid of her, but, like, she has other people do her dirty work. I love a, I love a bad guy or a gal who does it themselves. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Isn't afraid to get their hands dirty. And for that... I mean, it's Scar, and I know he brings in the hyenas a little bit to, to do some of his stuff, but he literally killed the king of the jungle <laughs> to take over. That, that's, that's, that's nasty. That, that is malicious. Scar moves on for me. All right, we have one for Scar. Let's move on to resident Disney expert, Jack. Yep, diehard Disney guy here. Uh, this is easily probably my favorite bracket we've done. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for this one. I, I agree with what Casey said. This is your classic one versus 16. This is not going to be a UMBC over Virginia type thing here. This is the one that's going to dominate. Uh, Scar's going to win. I thought one of the funniest things that I heard recently actually about Scar was the, the live action Lion King that came out last year. Mm. People were disappointed because <laughs> they were like, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't seem like Scar was Scar. I was like, well, you, you know, you realize that lions aren't orange, right? Like, you know <laughs> like he's not going to look like that. He's not orange. Uh, so that was pretty funny. But like Casey said, Scar is just a badass. Like, he is just someone you don't mess around with. Queen of Hearts is barely in the movie. Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland also terrible. So, uh, <laughs> Scar moves on. Anybody actually see that live action Lion King movie? I've never watched it, but I've not heard great yeah. things, to be honest. I saw parts of it. It's literally the same thing as the cartoon. It's just live action. It's really it's not word for word. Yeah. Like, I get like it's cool because it took a long time to to create. I mean, they've been working on it for years. It's kind of like the oh, what was the is it Avatar? The blue people that yeah. you know uh, James Cameron had to wait you know ten years for the computers and technology to develop so that he could create it. It's kind of like that, and it was it, it was good. Like I give him credit. It looked great. It was awesome. It really looked real. But it was word for word the exact same. Like, if you, and if you look at some of these other ones, like even a little bit of Aladdin, um, I haven't seen the new Mulan, but they they kind of go on a different little path than others. So I just think that's that's I'm really really. I'm hearing real bad concept, things about the new Mulan. Lion King didn't do that, so I was a little confused. Because <laughs> I changed the villain. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Mulan coming up at some point. We'll talk about it then. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, that, that new Mulan's only going to happen if we can somehow get Disney Plus to sponsor all of us. Because I'm not paying 20, 25 bucks or whatever it is. To, I think it's, 30, that movie. it's $30, I believe, to watch it right now. That's, far, that is far, nuts. Far, it's, really, it's really meant for families, though. Like, you know, normally you would take four or five of you to the movie theater. Then it's a bargain for one or two people. Terrible deal. I wonder if uh, Zoom would let us watch it via Zoom. And sued. And sued. All right. So Scar versus the Queen of Hearts. Um, 
Not a lot to say that hasn't already been said. This is a, a one versus 16 matchup. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to save a lot of my ammo for later rounds when it might matter a little bit more. I'm going to go ahead and say Scar is far more villainous and a better villain than the Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts is really just a, a gigantic, frumpy woman who commands other people to do her bidding. Scar gets Ooh. the job done. You're, you're getting me a little more interested in Queen of Hearts more we talk about her. Keep, keep in mind, I'm going based on my memory, and I haven't seen most of these movies aside from maybe Robin Hood. Yeah. Anything less than like two years ago. So it's been a while for a lot of these movies. Alice in Wonderland is not one of the ones that I've rewatched recently. I'm sorry to say it's one of the ones I actually skipped because I've never, I remember not liking it. <laughs> and one of the more memorable things from Alice in Wonderland is the, the Cheshire cat, not really the, or, or the, um, the hookah smoking caterpillar, not yeah. the queen of hearts. So, you know, she's kind of forgettable. So I think she just got to go. Fair enough. As she says, off with her head. Off with your head. That's right. Yeah, she really liked decapitating people, which gives me a couple points in her favor, I will admit. Um, and as you've probably heard, reader, or reader, who the hell's reading the podcast? Um, as you've probably heard, viewer, we are referencing the fact that these do have seated numbers at this point. We will probably talk a little bit about at some point how we're using a new bracket system, as you will maybe see on our Instagram, I believe, prior to this recording. But um, this is the one versus 16 matchup, so we clearly did not have a lot of faith in the Queen of Hearts. And I think it's for good reason. She wasn't really a big character in the movie. She's not a very iconic Disney villain in my eyes. Not a lot of defining characteristics are really that interesting. Scar is much more memorable, you know, a lot more plotting and sinister, and he just he really embodies evil very well. So I'm with the rest of the crew. I think Scar absolutely moves on against the Queen Arts, and that'll do it for our first matchup. So for our second matchup, we have... Captain Hook from Peter Pan against the stepmother from Cinderella. Uh, maybe I'll go in reverse order here and I'll start. So I actually just watched Peter Pan today. <laughs> Finished it probably only about an hour before this podcast. I actually originally skipped over it when I was doing my Disney run because Peter Pan's also not my favorite. But I said, hey, we're going to talk about it on the pod. I got to go back and watch it. So I actually like Captain Hook. He's not bad. He's, uh, you know, he's not like a super stupid villain. He actually murders two of the pirates on his ship, which I think is pretty badass. You don't see a lot of people actually die in Disney movies. I mean, you don't see him die, but he definitely kills him. Straight up shoots a guy playing an accordion. That's a Chad move. Otherwise, he, he's kind of a doofus around the edges as well. You know, I, and that's a trend with a lot of the villains in Disney, like they're sinister one moment. Next, they're uh, sucking their thumb or getting their pants ripped off and, you know, getting kind of humiliated. And that happens to him a lot. So he loses some points for me there. The stepmother in Cinderella, however, I have to admit is a stone cold bitch that entire movie. I was really rewatched Cinderella a few days ago at this point, I believe. And man, it's just like, you know, it's not as much in your face evil like a Captain Hook is where he's just straight up trying to kill Peter Pan. Like the stepmother just fucks with Cinderella's life at every single possible opportunity she gets. Makes her do extra work. She you know, hide and make sure she can't try the slipper on when she you know, locks her up in the tower. She just does everything she can to make sure she can't go to the ball. She can't meet the prince, whatever she has to do. It's just constant, but you know, kind of more of an underhanded villain, which I kind of like. So honestly, I'm going to give this one to the stepmother and we'll move on to Kevin. Yeah, I gotta say, um, I am inclined to agree with you here. Uh, I forgot that Captain Hook killed some people that actually <laughs> completely kind of skipped my mind. And that is a point in his favor as a Disney villain. <laughs> to your point, that's why I kill a lot of people. That being said, he's just too goofy for me. Like, I want the other way. Like, you, you felt it lost. He lost some points with you. I think he lost a lot of points with you. Just him, yep. like, screaming and blubbering for Smee or when he heard a TikTok and just the way he became just, well, such a cartoon joke yep. is he's out. And I know this is a kid's movie, but as far as true <laughs> villainy goes, the stepmother is truly evil put it through i feel like the stepmother i could see like being in real life <laughs> all right oh, yeah, like, the, yeah. Like, like the she could have been like the parent for harry potter that kind of yeah <laughs> all right jack go ahead yeah you're right about the stepmother um she's a bitch she's mean <laughs> she's a bully and she gets the two other little other daughters to gang up on cinderella which to me Makes her weak. She can't do it by herself. I'm a big Captain Hook guy. I think he's great. I love when he gets eaten by the crocodile. <laughs> that was so awesome. Uh, I love that he has a hook on his hand. I, I'm voting Captain Hook on this one. I just think he's too iconic. I, I did like his plan to uh, give Peter Pan a bomb inside of a 
like a a rap present. It's pretty it's pretty badass. All right, Casey for the final vote. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have to say, Kevin, I love the uh, Kevin and Matt. I love the comparison to the Dursleys. It's phenomenal. I love that. It's great. <laughs> it, it, yeah, like Jack knows Disney. Harry Potter might be this guy right here. Okay. There you um, go. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Jack on this one, guys. Ooh. Here's the reality. So the stepmother, her her name is Lady Tremaine. That is her there her you. given name or whatever. And she's a socialite. She's just like every other rich person. Hates, hates hate the middle class or the working man, all right, and just wants to be richer. So she tries to set up her true daughters uh, with royalty, you know, Prince Charming. All right, but here's the reality. She could be a cold-hearted bitch, and that, that is, you're right, that is real life. But again, like I said, it's just like every other rich person. <laughs> Captain Hook actually is a villain, and he does it himself. And I told you, I love a, I love a villain who does it themselves, gets their hands dirty, and he's great. I love it. I know he's a little quirky and goofy, but you got to remember these are four kids, right? So you can't just have really, really bad people over and over and over again. You know, there's got to be some sort of enticing thing to keep it fresh and, and, and new and to keep the kids entertained. But the dude is a murderer and he's a freaking pirate. Like, come on. As a kid, everybody wanted to be a pirate for Halloween. That was like probably the one of the more popular uh, choices. Also. Fun fact, since we're going to end in a tie, I believe, and uh-huh. I'm going to have to kick this over to Jack, I believe in the fairy tale-themed villains, she's the only one that doesn't use magic or have magical powers. That isn't like an animal, right? So The stepmother you're talking about? Yes, yeah. I, I, I think. And, and that's just kind of going back to my remembrance, kind of like Kevin, of all the ones I've seen. Are you talking about sure. women? Because, like, Gaston doesn't have powers. Uh, is there magic? In the, is there magic? But, in the, that's magic. not a, a talking candle. What am I talking about? <laughs> True. But Gaston isn't yeah, the... sure. Yeah. But I was thinking more of the fairy tale. I don't know. if Does that fit into the fairy tale? Cinderella about, does, for sure. The fairy yeah. Tale. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, no, what yeah, I'm saying yeah. is Beauty and the Beast. Does that fit into the fairy tale? I, I feel like it does, it does but I, yeah, I just don't does. know. Okay. I would say it does. So I might be wrong. You know, but all right. So now I'm going to clarify. Of all the women... There you go. Uh-huh. No, but um, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Hook on this one. I think that's why I like the stepmother, though, because she doesn't have any power. She's just like a stone-cold bitch. Mm-hmm. Very real. But that's not really a villain. She, but that, to me, that's, like, she doesn't have to do as much, and she struck fear into my heart just the same. She didn't need a sword or bombs or a crew of pirates. She was just scary. Yeah, but you couldn't even remember her name. Because do they say no. it in the, do they yeah, say it in the she's movie? The evil, she's the evil stepmother or the cruel stepmother. That's really all you need to know. Do they ever how, say her name in the movie? I don't remember Maybe them saying. Name? Probably. Yeah, I don't remember them I'm saying. I'm sure they do. It might be once, but obviously everyone knows her as like the wicked stepmother. Well, you guys hear because Cinderella calls her stepmother all the time, but I don't remember her, anybody calling her a name. Maybe it's one of the Dukes or something. What was um what was interesting for me was Casey's argument about her hating the the common people. So it's kind of hard to argue with uh, Casey Stalin over there. But I'm going to stand by my position. Let's get, <laughs> let's get the tiebreaker up. Hashtag I'm just eat, saying eat she's, the rich. Yeah, I'm just saying she's like every other rich person I've ever met. Eviscerate the bourgeois. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't bring out the guillotines. I didn't know Casey was such a classist. Uh, all right, I mean, Lady Tremaine. I feel like that kind of fits, doesn't it? Every time I think of try, I think of Johnny Tremaine. That's all I could think of. Oh, boy. There's a classic. <laughs> is, that, is that his mom? All right. So we're going to have to move into a tiebreaker round. Who will be taking the side of the stepmother? I'll do it. All right. Glad, Matt. I, I do feel strongly about her. All right. Captain Hook, step up. Casey takes it. All right, Casey. Thank you. Kevin, Finally, I get to do give, one. Give, I'll, I'll, give us a I'll, rating. I'll yeah, choose Jack. one of Kevin's ratings. All right. And I will verify. <laughs> I, I trust Jack. No, I want to do something and, here. And remember, I'll read, I'll read the notes as well, like the tasting notes. Okay. So we don't have we learned our lesson. Oh, this is bad news. I rarely give tasting notes. I mean, like what the, what it says Me either. The, the notes yeah. of the beer. Yeah, yeah, not Kevin's notes. Correct. All right, let's see here. All right, so Kevin was talking about how much he's really starting to grow into milkshake IPAs. Well, I'm picking a milkshake IPA from mm-hmm. him. This is Peach Whip from North Park beer company uh let's see style guide ipa milkshake the latest of our series of whip milkshake ipa is loaded with pureed peaches vanilla bean cashmere hops and a whole bunch of creamy milk sugar this dreamy juice will jumpstart your palate <laughs> and refresh the senses extra creamy totally smooth and peach tastic wow did kevin rate this 
beer. Yeah, listeners, I didn't write that. That's the guide. Kevin wrote all of that. Wow. That's awesome. Those are Kevin's I'd notes. Love to take those are, those that, are great tasting notes, Kevin. Thank you. Well done, Kev. It's like this you were dreamy there. Dreamy juice. <laughs> dreamy, creamy, and a little bit Light. steamy. Casey, right. do you want it or you want me to go first? You go first. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a three seven five. I'm gonna go four. <sighs> Matt wins three seven Matt five. Nailed it. Okay, listeners, what if I told you I remember his rating for that beer because he talked really highly about it on the wow. podcast, and I remember him being like, wow, he really liked that beer, and then he rated it at 375, and I was like, weird. He must not have liked it that much. <laughs> it was good. It was you, good on the first. You handed like, me a trump two, card, Jack. And then I didn't it realize we had a cereal. We on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Holy cow. He's the, he's the rain man of beer here. Gary. <sighs> what did you get when you've had like 3,000 beers, I guess? <laughs> Look at that. Episode. It also is an upset, by the way. The nine beats the eight. So it's true. And with that, as a host for a next minute here, I'm going to check in the beer. Oh, welcome, new host, Jack. I'm going to go with another uh, brewery that's kind of a crowd favorite here, Carolina Brewery in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, with their Copper Line Amber Ale, which actually just won the best beer in show for the North Carolina Craft Guild Awards, which are kind of bullshit because you can uh, you can enter as many as you want, but they still did win. So I'll give them a little uh, tip did, of the cap. Here. Did, did you say Carolina Brewery is a crowd favorite? I was being sarcastic. Okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, has a, it has a special place in probably a couple people's hearts here, but uh, they're not really known for good beer. <laughs> it's like, but they did win an award, so again, I'll give them a little credit. They make awesome barbecue, by the way. That's important. I'll give you that. Casey, I was told you had a beer check-in. I do. Yes, I have Horse Thief, a mango blonde ale, out of Good River Beer, and it is an independent craft brewery, associated brewery, uh, but it's really all about the river. So, like, and you'll see, I've got a couple others I'm going to check in over the course of the pod. Mm-hmm. But, so, on the can, it, it says, float lazy, drink easy. I'm all about that. I know <laughs> we're coming towards the end of the summer. I know it just snowed here in Colorado, but I still would love to be on the river, so... Cheers, boys. Uh, does, uh, does each six-pack come with a pair of sunglasses to account for the pair you lose in the river? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that'd be a really good idea. I'll tell you. Marketing right there. I've started wearing croquis. They've, like, changed my life. No, wait. Chums. Chums was the brand. Yeah, chums. Chums are awesome. Although I may have lost the chums recently, so what happens if you lose your chums? That's, iro- that's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I need chums for my chums. I was going to say, yeah, you need the chums for your chums. Chum squared. All right. And with that... Stepmother has moved on, winning the tiebreaker against Captain Hook, and we will move on to the third round, which is Ursula from The Little Mermaid against Sean Yu from Mulan. Let's start with Jack on this one right away. So this one's kind of like sneaky because I think when you go back and watch Mulan, like Sean Yu's kind of creepy. He's like a big hulking figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he weren't up against this just behemoth of an opponent right now. I think he would probably move on. But when you're talking Ursula, that's a that's a big one. She is one of like the original, like when you think of like the big four of female villains, she's in it. And uh she also turns into like a giant at the end of the movie, which is mm. kind of badass as hell. <laughs> I think this one's kind of a blowout. Um it's too bad for Shan Yu because he's a good villain. Uh that's probably one of the reasons why this new Mulan movie sucks because I took him out of it. Uh, <laughs> I would say Ursula moves on rather easily, in my opinion. All right, we got to vote for Ursula. Let's hear Casey. I'm gonna second that. Truly, uh, I'm with Jack. the The new Mulan movie, though, I haven't seen it, and I'm not willing to pay the ridiculous amount for it. He was fantastic, but everyone knows Ursula is a bad, bad mama jamma. And the fact that you know, not only does she scares. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Give me the god of water. King Triton. Poseidon. Tri- Poseidon. King Triton's King Triton's aerial Triton's the, Yeah, that's right. Okay, I thought it was Poseidon. My fault. But yes, she he she scares him, and he's a god. Like, no, that's game over. That you win. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you're up next. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give this to Ursula. Uh, Sean, you he's a warlord, and he's only as powerful as the army behind him and he loses that army rather handily to mulan and a well-aimed rocket and a bit of snow 
Okay, maybe more than a bit of snow, but the point is, is that he gets wiped out pretty easily. You know, I give him some credit for fighting back and still trying to infiltrate the, the Grand Imperial Palace with just that cadre of, I would call them elite, but they don't really look like they're all that smart. So they can't be really elite at anything. <laughs> so I'm going to give this to Ursula. That's fair enough. And I'll go last. I, I guess in my mind, the big difference to me is Ursula has a lot more character than Sean Yu does. Like, I think Sean Yu is just, I didn't know his name before we did this bracket. I'd never heard the name Sean Yu. And I've watched Mulan several times. I'm just like, he's the villain in Mulan. It's the, the Mongol leader, you know? I, he just doesn't have a lot of character to me. He's just the bad guy leader. There's a good fight with him at the end with Mulan. And, you know, I, I like some of the scenes, the battles in that movie. But, like, I just don't think of him as anything that interesting compared to Ursula, who's like this cool, like, sea witch that has potions and the more eel minions she has and has all these cool-ass powers. And then, and then I think in a way she has one of the coolest deaths any of the Disney villains ever have when she gets literally impaled by the bow of a ship, extremely metal by Disney standards. So Ursula to me is the obvious win here. And she's one of my favorites as well. I will say this for you though, Matt, I think Sean, you might have the highest body count of all the Disney Remember he wipes out that army. He uh, early on, it's, not, it's off screen, but he destroys like thousands upon thousands of people. So. Not enough to redeem he, him in your eyes? How much does he actually talk in the movie? <laughs> does like, he talk at all? Does he I don't ever even, talk? I don't know if he I does. Say, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say I don't think he ever talks, but I feel like he has to say something other than like, ah, or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's but a lot I, of screaming I, and grunting. <laughs> yeah, I can't recall him actually ever putting a sentence together. Hell, I can't even remember him putting like one word out there. <laughs> I really I don't either. I feel like this might be a retractions-heavy episode as we say a bunch of wrong shit about Disney movies. <laughs> but as we were talking about this, I saw a, a little interesting fun fact about Ursula. Apparently, she only has six tentacles because it was too difficult and costly to animate eight. Come on, Disney, you're better than this. Well, that is an interesting factoid. <laughs> All right. So a four-to-nothing sweep, Ursula will move on to the next round, which will bring us to our next matchup. Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians against... Hades from the movie Hercules. I'll start on this one. I actually really like Hades. He's, he's, he's got a lot of personality to that character. A lot of cool powers. Hercules is low-key one of my favorite Disney movies. Some of the good songs in the movie. Danny DeVito as Satyr, real good. But in a way, he's another kind of silly villain, I guess, around the edges. He's, like, he's a fairly comedic villain. I typically, if I'm going to say, what's my favorite villain? I usually like the ones that are a little more serious, I guess. Cruella DeVille, on the other hand, she does have some goofy moments, but I think she may ultimately have one of the darkest motivations of any of the Disney villains that we've seen, which is literally skinning almost 100 puppies alive, or you know, maybe dead beforehand, but skinning them nonetheless to make a coat. Kind of a fucked up, dark movie in a lot of ways because of her. She has some scenes towards the end that are kind of silly, but I got to admit, I mean... I've never seen someone with the motivation to just murder a bunch of puppies with that level of uh, sincerity because she is just trying to kill the shit out of them that entire movie. Either her or her two uh, minions she has there seems to be a theme in Disney movies. So I think Hades is a cooler villain, but in terms of just pure evil, man, I got to get that one to Cruella DeVille. That's a hard one to beat. So that'll get my vote. And we'll move on to Casey. Yeah, I'll be honest here, boys. When I was a kid and I watched both of these, now, granted, one came out a little bit earlier than the other. Cool DeVille skilled the living shit out of me. <laughs> like, legit, maybe bad dreams. You know, one of those things. I, I, I don't even think Hades is that scary in Hercules. I, maybe that's just me. But none, none of the evil villains scared me like Cruella DeVille. Mm. So for that, she moves on. It just, it, it, I, I can get, like, a little bit of goosebumps just remembering as a kid <laughs> that just intense feeling I had. And who who wants to hurt puppies? Come on. Come on. What the hell's wrong with you? Messed up in the head. But yeah, Claude DeVille, let's go. Yeah, they draw her very like sharp and angular. She has like that green smoke that comes out of her cigarette. Everything about her, you're like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Don't like it. All right, Kevin, you're up next. All right. This is uh this was actually tough for me because I do think Hades was seated a little too low because as far as villains go, yeah, he might not be the most evil. His uh his fast talking nature uh is actually kind of uh charming and amusing and at times you kind of root for him. 
And you know what? The guy, the guy who plays him, James Woods, was a great casting yeah. for this role. And mm-hmm. so, like, Hades as a character is, I think, more compelling than Cruella DeVille, of course, because who wants to side with the, the woman who kills puppies? But to kind of stay consistent here, as true villainy goes, you got to go with the bitch who wants to kill a bunch of puppies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's three for Cruella DeVille. Jack, fourth vote. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go any other way. I think this is another one Kevin might be right where Hades could be underseated. Um, Hercules is one that I've seen like maybe once or twice and certainly not one of my favorites. Um, but, you know, he was always entertaining with Cruella DeVille. I mean, she's... Like you said, she kills puppies. She's skinned alive. She hates kids. Pretty much, she's like anti Disney. Um, <laughs> and also, like I know we're talking about the animated movies, but then the mm-hmm. the live action one with I think Glenn Close played Cruella Deville. Like she was she was really good. I know they're trying to make another one. I think Emma Stone's going to be Cruella. Oh, that's Deville. right. They're making a Cruella oh. Deville movie. They write yeah. that. that a young uh, Cruella interesting. Deville. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah. I think weird. Yeah. So. That should be interesting, but yeah, like you guys have said this whole time, you kill puppies, that's a no-go. Uh, Cruella DeVille, put her in. <laughs> Sets up a pretty good next matchup there. Ooh. Two big ones. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's too bad because I, I, I actually agree. I think Hades is a little underseated. I actually do like him, but that might be part of it is I really like the movie Hercules. <laughs> the, the, the movie Hercules is great in that montage where, you know, bless my soul, Herc's on a roll. When oh, have zero the, to hero? Oh, oh, my yeah. God. One Woo! of the better songs that in Disney. movie. Very so under- good. I think it's a very underrated Disney movie. Plus, as a as a heroine, Megara is far more compelling because she's got a lot of flaws, and that's actually one of the more compelling uh, Disney damsels in distress it's a great movie i just don't think hades is the strength of that movie maybe is my point oh i agree i agree okay and that'll move us on to the next matchup which is maleficent from sleeping beauty against prince john of robin hood let's go to jack right away this is by far to me the most lopsided matchup in the first round Uh, actually i take that back scar versus queen of hearts is the most lopsided Mm. but this fits the two versus 15 perfectly prince john's not a bad villain but against maleficent i mean this is not even close she absolutely soars into the second round here I have plenty of comments about this movie, but I will save it for when I really need it because I don't right now. She moves on. (laughs) I'll probably echo that sentiment. Maleficent is one of my favorites, just like the embodiment of evil. And I'll I'll, I'll reflect Jack here at the same time. I think uh, maybe save some of the more detailed arguments for when it gets later into the bracket. Prince John, I watched Robin Hood actually last night. I don't think I had seen that movie before. It wasn't bad, not one of my favorites, but Prince John sucks. He's like a big whiny baby. I mean, literally sucks his thumb for half the movie. Very, very goofy villain. Just gets shit on by Robin Hood every three seconds. Kind of embarrassing. I actually would say I like the Queen Arts more than him. <laughs> he might be my worst on the list. So easy Maleficent for me. Let's go to Kevin. Yeah, this is another tough out because, um, you know, I I don't think they're as far apart as the seeds suggest. I know Prince John definitely is uh, a little more comical than Maleficent. And once she turns into a dragon, that is that that is that is scary. It's really hard to vote against Maleficent here because I'm worried she's just going to come find me in my sleep tonight. So Maleficent, please spare me. You're on your way through. Maleficent, if you're out there, please find me when I'm sleeping because... Watching that movie as an adult, she's kind of low-key bad, not going to lie. Just a little bad. Casey, go ahead. You had to say that as I was taking a sip, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to agree. I think this is a, a, a very lopsided affair. I would even say that he's not, uh, excuse me, Prince John is not even the worst character or the biggest antagonist from that movie. I think the snake, I don't remember his name, Sir something. Hiss, oh, maybe? Sir, Sir Hiss. Sir Hiss, I think he's more evil than uh, Prince John on that one. So this one's easy. Maleficent moves on. Also, if you're, if just as a side note, the Angelina Jolie, perfect fit for that. I don't know if you guys have seen the. No, uh, I want to watch the, it though. The ones about her, great fit. Scary as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Maleficent moves on. Let's go. <laughs> my my roommate was telling me in that Maleficent live action film there was another actress that was. I, I guess was pretty good looking. And I guess Angelina Jolie got mad that she was prettier than her. So she had her like scenes removed from the movie or something. I want to I try to verify that. <laughs> Welcome to the rumor mill. All right. With that, we have a clear 
another clear four nothing sweep for Maleficent over Prince John. And with that, we'll move on to the next matchup of the first round. We have Shere Khan of the Jungle Book against General Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. I'll go first on this one. I believe General Ratcliffe might be my weakest villain here in terms of my knowledge of him. I don't have a strong memory of Pocahontas, to be honest. I, I, I am going to, was kind of a rhyme. I'm going to watch it probably in the next couple of weeks. But for now, I, I just remember him being like a big kind of white colonial settler that was an asshole and he had a gun at some point. I don't have a strong memory of what he did. But it, to me, I think even if I was aware of what he was doing, it'd still be kind of an easy one for me. I really like Shere Khan. He has one of like the best like menacing villain voices of all time. Very deep and kind of like, like, yeah, man, you know, Shere Khan's going to fuck shit up. They build him up really good in the movie. You don't see him for like half the movie. I, I just saw Jungle Book recently. And they keep referencing, oh man, Shere Khan's back. Shere Khan's back. If he sees Mowgli, he's going to kill him. Like Shere Khan's a monster. And you're like, oh shit, Shere Khan must be really badass. And then they, they come on and yeah, he's super cool. But to be honest, when it gets down to him actually having to like fight, kind of sucked. But, you know, he had a better buildup than he did when he was actually on screen. That being said, I did like him. I'd give it to him over Ratcliffe. So let's move to Kevin. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm inclined to agree here. I don't have a lot of good memories of uh, Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Beauty so, and the Beast? Oh, I'm sorry. Pocahontas. Yeah, whatever had General <laughs> Ratcliffe, which again, <laughs> kind of speaks to the point of who is this guy? He's Very forgettable. Angry, angry, buff white guy. Yeah, uh, in this much. case, he was literally a colonizer trying to you know, wipe out the indigenous mm-hmm. people here. So that's probably a bad thing. However, Shere Khan does have the rest probably. of the general running shitless around just because he's back. Mm. He's uh, he's very suave. He's uh, not overtly villainous. I will say though, in the remake of the jungle book, when Ooh. with interest Elba, he is downright terrifying. I know we're not really counting this on this bracket, but I think as a villain, Shere Khan is far better than. I, I like those live I, action jungle books. They're both, I think the ones they both came out in the last couple of years. They're both pretty good in my opinion. And you're right. Idris Elba has a great voice in general. I wish he'd be my boyfriend. Um, let's go, Casey. Uh, great comments, Matt. Just great comments here. Uh, <laughs> you you want to know why? He, he's not alone. Matt's he's, not alone. Oh, that. he's who? He's so oh, suave. Let's oh, talk about oh. Idris Elba for a Listen, while. Listen, don't get me, don't get me <laughs> started. When, when, when we do the movie speeches, we're going to definitely have a, a bit on Idris Elba's canceling the apocalypse from uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, and I agree. He is just suave. I mean, that's the perfect way to put him. And what's funny is, you know, like here in America, like if you go and, you know, you see a billboard, it's probably got, you know, there could be any number of actors or actresses on it. When you go to London, he's on everything. Movies coming out, any sort of um, spokesperson, he's like the guy in terms of actors or actresses. It's unreal. At least that was the case, I don't know, what, six years ago when I went. Um, It was (laughs) unbelievable. It It was unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, have you seen the guy? Come on. But I am going to come back to the cartoon world because I agree. He is phenomenal in the live action or in the new animated one. Yeah. Governor Ratcliffe or General Ratcliffe, I, I, I found that I liked his dog better. Uh, <laughs> and he wasn't even that bad. Like, he wasn't a bad dog. You know, he was, was, was that the pug? Dog. The pug, yeah. Oh, yeah. Little shitty pugs, you know what I mean? But a little pain in the ass. But nonetheless, (laughs) yeah, there's just something about a tiger that even though you're right, he doesn't, he's not real villainous, but they build him up to be like this unbelievable, scary villain. You know, the wolves, the puma himself. I think the puma at first when I was a kid was more scary to me than the tiger. And then you find out he's actually a good guy. So I was like, oh, I'm all messed up now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Shere Khan wins. That, that's all I got to say. All right, that's three for Shere Khan. Let's go to Jack. Yeah, I think looking at these matchups, seven versus 10, I think Shere Khan is like the most dangerous seven seed I've ever seen in my life. It's, uh, you know, the classic seven seed that's going to go all the way potentially to a final four. Who knows? But General Radcliffe was more just like a prick. Like he wasn't really a, he was just more of a nuisance. Like always kind of get in the way, foiling plans and shit. Just, I mean, probably similar to like the stepmother where he just, he doesn't really have any like magical powers to do anything like crazy. He's just kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Um, so that being said, I, I kind of agree. Like Shere Khan, I think has to move on in this matchup. So, uh, we'll, we'll put him ahead. All right. Shere Khan moves on to the next round. 
So before we move on to the next matchup, we have one check-in, which is myself. I will be checking in the Cinemonster from Wiley Roots Brewing, given to me by Casey out of Greeley, Colorado, which is an imperial stout with cinnamon, vanilla, and graham cracker. That sounds pretty good. And with that, we will move to the next matchup, which is Jafar from Aladdin against Monstro from Pinocchio. Bit of a controversial ad to this one. So let's start with Kevin. Yeah, I'll say Monstro is a controversial ad. I don't think he's actually a villain. He's just uh, uh, kind of like Duex Machina, right? He's got from a machine in this case. He's just there. He's a plot point or plot device. He's not actually a villain. I think there's other villains in that movie, and it's not Monstro. Jafar is a proper baddie, all right? He has that staff that looks like a cobra that he can use to hypnotize people. He sends Aladdin out to the damn desert and forgets about him. It took Robin Williams to save that boy and to <laughs> overcome Jafar, all right? He's a bad, bad man. He moves on, in my opinion. All right, we got a strong vote for Jafar. Let's go, Casey. I, I second all of that. I, I don't think the whale is that big of a deal, to be completely honest. And I, I, I will say this. Let me preface it with this. I'm just not a big Pinocchio fan. To be completely honest, uh, it might be my least favorite of all the movies that have been mentioned. And for that reason, well, not just that reason, but for that reason in the first round, Jafar moves on. Two for Jafar. Jack, go ahead. I fucking love Pinocchio. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. That is one of my favorites. I love the songs. I love Jiminy Cricket. I love Figaro. I love Cleo. I love them all. This is by far the toughest matchup for me because Kevin's right. Jafar is a badass dude, and he turns into a snake at the end of the movie, which is fucking awesome. Uh, Monstro is just like, there's just something about him. Like, there's so many scenes where they're like sleeping in his belly, and they, you know, they obviously smoke it out and come out of his mouth. Then he just goes into a fit of rage. And when that whale goes into that fit of rage, I don't think I've ever seen someone get that mad. So with that, I'm going to put the pressure on Matt. I'm taking Monstro (laughs) and making Matt choose. Are we going tiebreaker? Oh, man. Mr. Far, that's okay. I'm going with Monstro. All right, we got to vote for Monstro. Um, Matt, this isn't even fucking close. I I, I can respect I respect shit. Kevin's argument that Monstro is not really as much of a villain in the sense of the word. He doesn't, you know, it's not obviously does not have a speaking role in the movie. He's not as much of a main recurring character throughout the film. But Monstro is just such an absolute fucking unit. And I and then watching Pinocchio for the first time, like a few days ago, maybe like a week ago. You know, the way he's animated that movie is it's like scary. He's like animated differently than everything else around him is. He's just like everything about him when he's like mad. It's like this force of nature, just fucking smashing rocks. Like everyone's like, man, you got to watch out for Monstro. He just rushes that Pinocchio. You're like, oh, my God, it's probably the scariest Disney villain I've seen personally. Again, villain, maybe up for debate, but scariest character I've seen in, in one of these movies because, my God, I mean... Whales don't normally eat people, but it was basically like a dark glimpse into what it would look like if they did, because holy shit, that thing is scary. Jafar, on the other hand, a lot more villainous in the sense that, um, you know, cunning. He's a great antagonist in that movie. He's one of my favorites, but I'm going with Jack in this one. Monsters, fucking unit. Got overtime, baby. You got 314 overtime. I love him. I was was really blown away by how cool Monstro was having seen that movie fresh recently. I was like, holy shit, Monstro was cool, man. We got some pissed off people on this podcast right now. Good luck. None of these villains can beat Monstro. He's just, it's just like a giant, like, dick seeking missile. You're telling me that Jafar with a magical staff or Ursula beat, or Ursula, Ursula what, got what are you fucking talking Ursula about? got beaten by what a wooden ship. But she, she, okay, 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 Triton, Triton could beat Monstro. Oh she my, could beat that's Triton. a matchup for later. Let's let Monstro beat Jafar here and then he'll face <laughs> Ursula. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let this go down. With I, want the, I, want, I want the tie in this one. For the tiebreaker. I was really, I, I liked Monstro way more than I thought I was going to like Monstro. Monstro's the man. I think I think Jafar in my mind is the weakest out of like the big four. I would take Scar, Ursula, and uh, Maleficent before Jafar. I would agree. I would agree. But this is Maleficent, easy. All right, so I will. Uh, I will stand for Jafar. I will stand for Jafar. I say we have Jack stand for Monstro as the as the Pinocchio master here. 
<laughs> and, th- and this is my opinion. I hated the movie Pinocchio, but I loved Monstro. But I have a little bit of a bias. I've always really liked whales. <laughs> Wish Upon a Star might be my favorite Disney song. Upon a Star. So I we're going to find this is happening. Yeah, we'll, now, we'll, by the I way, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring the songs in the later rounds, too, by the way, Jack. I've got some songs happening. in mind. Casey, you want to do the untapped? All right, I like the sound of that. Casey, you want to do the untapped uh, look up this time? Sure. I'm not going to verify you. I believe you. Thank you. So it's me against Kevin's taking Jafar, and I'm taking. Okay. You got it. I believe um, a little inside baseball, but I believe one of the prediction brackets submitted was very pro Monstro. And it was, I think two of them were. (laughs) That's actually true. Monster maybe, Monster maybe has more popularity than I thought. I think both those people are a fucking crack. Those are our listeners, so I, I would I would I never care. insult our listeners. The fact that they listen to our podcast is insulting enough. You can keep listening. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong, but they're wrong. You can keep listening, but you are fucking insane. <laughs> Let's go, monstro. Okay, all right. I will just say before we start, I'm terrible at guessing these. By the way, so Jafar, congratulations. <laughs> we'll see. I, we'll I see. Think I've had the best track record. I probably should have gone up, but I already had my chance. So I'm, one, one, okay. one, I'm one for two, and I decided the final of the pizza one, but that's all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go. So this is Dirt Cake from Cerebral Brewing. It's a stout, the pastry stout. Okay. Matt's notes, because we all know Matt gives fucking notes like a madman. <laughs> Sweet, decadent, fudge, cookies, Milk, not getting the gummy worms, but still delicious. I'm going to say you rate it? four, two, five. Okay. I want to call bullshit on this because Kevin was there with Matt when he had this beer. I think you need to do another one because I was there. I think you need to pick something else. Why don't you give Jack? Well, chance? why don't you? Yeah. Why don't you get a chance? I, I, my guess would be if, I mean, I love, I mean, I would probably take four, two, five, but just to be different and speed this up, I would take a four, five. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Ooh, good job. Sure Let's move on. Let's go. But, but to say, no, Kevin's no, wrong. Why are you calling? You, you start you going. Called like, it, you called Kevin it. was not right. bullshit. That's all right. You let, bullshit. Let, let, let him through. No, it's okay. Fuck no. <laughs> that has to be fair. I think that was, what was not fair about that? that was Jack's guess. Jack bitched about it and then. That's it. I called bullshit because I know Kevin was with him, but I still made the guess. <laughs> but, right. he, but he only guessed because I went four two five, and he wanted to be different, which is interesting. Yeah. I gotta respect the just, you gotta respect the gun call up. there. Just speed right. it up. Yeah. All right. So what's the vote? Do another one or pass it through? I vote we pass him through. Of course you do. I okay. vote right, we do Kevin. another. All right, Kevin, go ahead. Let's do another one. Okay, fine. Let's do another. Okay. I think I think Jack. I think Jack if you just if you yeah. just goddamn guessed the four or five, it would have been over. Why do you have to say on. something? Yeah, because I, I was with you right away. As soon as you said, I would have guessed. I, I, I would have guessed four yeah. two five. I would have been wrong. Yeah. All right, Casey, give I'm trying to go one. way back. I'm trying to go way way way. Back. <laughs> All right. You got plenty of options for me. Oh, I fucking know. <laughs> go go back to like 2018, where like my opinions were just way different than they are now. Then I, I <laughs> won't even know what they are. I don't know if I can, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh. I don't think any of us were with the man on this. Okay. Now I'm really worried because, oh, okay, I got it. All right. Oh, be joyful. Cranberry wheat from Harmony Brewing Company to Heffenweizen. Off taste, not good. <laughs> I remember that brewery. And let me, let me see if that's I can. What Megan, no, that's what Matt said? That yes. Was, wow. Off taste, not good. I can There's remember a lot that. Light, tart, fruity. Wow. Shout out to Harmony Brewing in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Terrible. <laughs> this is actually more challenging because there's a lot more range. This could be, it could be anywhere between like yes, zero and like exactly. Three. Kevin has to go first. I have to go first. Do you want me to? I can go first. I don't. This see is, this where... is gonna be harder. I'm gonna go two and a half. Oh. I think it's a little. I think it's a little. Low. I think two and a half. Two seven five. I think you got it, Jack. It is a two and a half. The world oh! is wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. That the world terrible. is right. Thank God. <laughs> Damn it, Jack. If only you hadn't said anything. I don't know. Fuck. But uh, it's bad because I know Jack's feeling like he's like I wanted two five. I wanted two five. Yeah. If they were really nice, we should just do another one now that we. <laughs> you be, you so, made me go first. I didn't want to go first. You made me yeah. go first. <laughs> Pretty, I pretty rarely go into Put the twos. I, I really hate Harmony. <laughs> All right. And with that, Jafar will move on over Monstro from the tiebreaker. Um, I will say I'm really happy I picked a bad one because I almost feel like the bad ones are tougher than the good rankings. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't think you make that you're trying when you're the, the, the vote master there. 
Yeah, rest in peace, Monstro. The chilies of this bracket. How dare you? Monstro should have won, but we were being nice to you guys. Let's be real. So this is a favor to you. Okay. Yeah, this shows a lack of class that they weren't willing to do a third. That's uh, true. But what would, you, what, would you, what would you expect from our opponents? I'll make sure Jafar burns to the ground. <laughs> the spite vote's coming back. Yeah, right. the spite. Yeah, you just heard yourself a counterpoints patented spite vote. All we right. Gotta make that, we got to make that a sticker, by the way, like a spite vote sticker. Spite vote. Just slap it on something. Has to be a sticker. <laughs> Has to. All right, so we're on to our last matchup of the first round. We have the Evil Queen from Snow White. We also said Slash the Hag and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. So let's start with the winner of the last round, Casey. Yeah, as much as I love Beauty and the Beast, and I will say this, I probably, it, it might be up there. I'm, I'm be honest, it, it's up there for... Uh, one of my tops of all time from Disney. However, the evil witch or the hag, she bad. She real bad. Oh, she bad. And, and, and she, she ruthless. She, she tries to kill her. Okay. Now, she might not succeed, but she damn near tried. And she got real, real close. I, I got to give it to her. I think Gaston's just a, you know, a, a tool, as, as the young kids would say these days. <laughs> a, a tool he's a tool or a chad or any of those other mm. things that the young kids say these days he is but a the, he is a primo disney chad absolutely I, I evil queen, agree. yeah yeah but the evil queen the changing her uh look the poison apple you also have the seven dwarfs i mean come on she moves on let's go all right let's move on to myself so for this one i actually I'm going to go a counter opinion on this one. Oh, wait, counterpoint. The evil queen, kind of. <laughs> Honestly, the evil queen kind of sucked. She doesn't really do shit that whole movie. She does two things. She sees Snow White is pretty and gets mad and hires a hunter to really, which I thought this is pretty metal, just to go basically stab her in the heart. I think she actually tells him to bring her her heart. I don't know why. Pretty good. But he doesn't do it because he feels remorse and he tells her to run away. And then her backup plan is to poison an apple, bring it to her, and then have her eat it. And then if a guy kisses her, she comes back to life. It's a shitty plan. It doesn't work very well. I think she's one of the more ineffective, honestly, Disney villains out there. She's very iconic, very iconic look because it's one of you know their most, their, it's literally their oldest animated film. And unfortunately, I think Gaston is much cooler in my eyes. He is the, Disney, the, the quintessential Disney Chad, large as a barge, eats a dozen eggs, is really into Belle, and, you know, to obviously a rapey extent, and goes as far as, you know, goes out in the woods. He just, he's like, I'm just going to stab her to shoot this fucking beast man to death and take her hand in marriage. It's kind of a Chad move. I, I actually like Gaston. He has a lot of character to him. I, I think, in my mind, he's a little underseated at 11. I'm going to put him ahead of the Evil Queen. Let's go to Kevin. Yeah, so you'll recall Gaston wanted to kill the Beast. So there's a lot of murderous intent there. But he was awesome. really, where he succeeded was singing tavern songs. That's where Gaston <laughs> yeah. succeeded, right? The <laughs> Evil Queen turns an apple into a weapon, okay? That right there makes her a far better villain than Chad, Disney Chad. And I was thinking the entire time, I was trying to frankly figure out, am I using Chad right? Because I'm not always hip with the kids. Oh, we're really aging ourselves, guys. We've got to oh, stop saying that. <laughs> is he a Karen? I don't know what he is, but he sucks either way. He's a douche. That's what that term I would use. He's just a douche. So queen all the way. All right, we got two queen, one guest on. Go Jack. Yeah, I'm finding out a lot about people during this podcast. Found out. <laughs> Casey and Kevin are not whale guys. They hate whales. <laughs> not, not whale guys. On this one, though, I think they both got it right. Gaston is such a doofus. I've, I thought I, he is by far the worst part of that movie to me. I've never found him entertaining at all. Evil Queen. The hag is scary. He's, like Casey said, Carolina used to scare the shit out of him as a kid. The hag used to scare the hell out of me as a little kid. I am going with the Evil Queen slash hag. Put her into the next round. Can I ask a question to the pod? Why did she turn herself into an old woman to, dis so to disguise herself? To get yeah, rid of Exactly. Because the guy does, plan. like, the guy brings back a pig heart instead of her heart to deceive her. 
And she gets fucking pissed. And she's like, well, the only way that she won't know it's me trying to kill her is if I become old and scary. Duxy, why don't you just, why don't you just walk up and stab her? That would have been way more effective than the stupid apple. I, I think she's one of the dumbest villains in terms of plan making. That's my problem. with her. Okay, but here's, so can I counter that real quick? Gaston lost to dancing, singing, utensils, and furniture. So I'm pretty sure um, he got knocked off the tower by a giant wolverine. Yeah, but really it was the dancing, singing, furniture, and utensils that really ended all of that. He he beast led the charge. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, the beast. He said yes, wolverine. It's not a wolverine, it's a beast. Let's get that. He looks like a wolverine. That's what I'm saying. Like a big yeah, oh great. He looks like a wolverine. He's a beast. Let's apologize. <laughs> great. That's a retraction. Um, it's not. But come on. Yes, it is. He didn't have a <laughs> His, his whole plan was to storm the castle, which they failed at. Now, granted, he kind of got through, and you're right, that the beast ended up taking him out, but he couldn't, the whole crew and him, his friends, his buddies, couldn't beat singing, dancing, utensils, and furniture. I just can't get beyond that. And, like, don't get me wrong. They're fantastic in that movie. But, come on, how is that villainous? It's not. It's just an idiot is really what it comes down to. He eats a dozen eggs, though. That's pretty badass. Is it? So do I. I'm not a badass. I'm the biggest cream puff on earth. Yeah, eating 40 pizza rolls doesn't make you a badass. Man. No, I hope you know I, that. I, evidence is against you on that one, my friend. Now, when you eat that 200-thing piece of chicken nuggets at your birthday... Woo! Shout out to my birthday in two yeah. weeks. Let's go Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You got some business coming your way, my that, friend. That might make you a badass if you solo 200 nuggets from Chick-fil-A. I, I will say, to talk about that, those little nugget platters... Oh, they, God. You just dunk in sauce so much, you get to like 20 and you are done. They're you, so you good, get a though. sugar rush from half the sauces you yeah, have. It's yeah. such a sugar rush. Yeah, if you're a huge pussy, maybe. I'm telling you. Matt, how many do you think you're going to get through? 40. Easy. Wow. At least. I, maybe 40 if you're hungry, but I mean, that you're, you'll hit the wall. You'll hit the nugget wall. <laughs> are you not going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> scientists talk of the nug wall, but I have not discovered it. <laughs> It's a phenomenon not confirmed. Yeah, they, give you, they give you like two giant tubs of your sauce choice. Oh. Like Chick-fil-A sauce and Polynesian. I'm going to stick my you, head in it. Yeah, you just dunk in both and you just drink it. And chug <laughs> it. He's, pro- he's probably already got the big jugs, so right? on the jugs, one of each. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I'm going to be, you know, this is probably my second to last podcast. I'm going to be dead on my birthday at this rate. <laughs> See you, boys. Super diabetes took me. And with that, the evil queen slash hag moves on to the next round. With that... We're actually going to wrap up this half of the podcast. We figured we would split this one in half due to the length. The 16-man brackets are always uh, quite an adventure, let's say. So we're going to save your tired ears um, a little bit of rest here and move the remaining rounds to part two of episode 18. So um, we're going to be recording it all at once, but we'll be releasing it in two halves. So we hope to to see you on the second half. And until then, hey... Stay frosty, my friends.